0: In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal.
1: Ladies, listeners, I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you are now listening to The Royal Treatment. We are here every week to answer your health questions. First, we'd like to thank our sponsors. We are grateful to the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, (THB) clinic here in Las Vegas, where I work. It is the jurisdiction of the Crow Tribe of Indians. Crow Tribe of Indians have exercised jurisdiction over the practice of traditional medicine. We refer to it also as indigenous medicine, since the Indians came first and the federal government gave them the right to exercise jurisdiction over this practice of medicine, which includes all things alternative. So physicians who work with us are practicing types of medicine that would be considered alternative, complementary, holistic, and so forth. We'd also like to think the First Nation Medical Board is the licensing entity under the jurisdiction of the Crow Tribe of Indians for the practice of indigenous or traditional medicine. Well, we have lots to talk about. If you would like to reach me at any time before we get going, you can always email me at droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com. Diaz and Daniel Royal, R O Y A L, at Royal Medical Clinic, all one word.com. Call us here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. THB Clinic 702 562 1454. That's 702 562 1454. Well, one of the things we do each week, if you are one of our listeners, is we like to review obituaries, and we will get to that shortly. If we have anyone joining us, from the Native Voice One Network, we welcome you as new listeners to our program. We always have lots to talk about that's interesting, and our hope is that you will learn one new thing. You might learn more than that, but if you learn at least one new thing by being with us today, then your time with us has been well spent. What are we going to do today? Well, we're going to view review obituaries, people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had, last week locally and internationally. We do that every week because we find it interesting, interesting because life expectancy in the United States decreased for four years in a row between the years 2014 and 2018. It increased slightly last year. We'll see if that trend reverses. But the four year decline was a new record for the history of the United States currently life expectancy or the average in 2018 is 78.7 years of age. Now that's a little higher for women, a little lower for men. So keep that in mind as we go through the obituaries. We're going to also talk about some drugs that physicians should be de-prescribing. That's a little later in the program. And we're going to talk about why you don't need to die from the flu. We will be sharing that with you and things you can do to protect yourself or treat yourself, whichever the case may be. We also have a homeopathic study or case study we will be sharing with you. And finally, we'll share a little bit about heart rate variability testing. That's something that we have done over the years, back to over the last 20 or so years in my practice. It is the only test available anywhere for assessing whether somebody is at risk for sudden Death syndrome. You'll find when you look through the obituaries that many people are dying suddenly or unexpectedly. And there is a way by which you can assess if you, my friends, are at risk for that. Because when you go to your cardiologist, he doesn't assess for it. We'll talk about that later. But let's get started with our obituaries. These are the ones who died locally. Now, when I say locally, I'm talking about here in Las Vegas where I live in practice, or in Reno, Nevada, are two major cities in the state of Nevada. People who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had just last week. We have a 17-year-old man who played football and loved working young. He passed away in an unexpected turn of events. 27-year-old woman, a receptionist, passed away. 33-year-old man who worked for Intermountain Electric passed away due to an undiagnosed heart condition. Probably sudden death syndrome. 45-year-old man who worked as a painter and ski instructor passed away. A 54-year-old man passed away at his home. 56-year-old man, a landscaping project manager, passed away from cancer. 57-year-old man who worked for the fire department passed away after a year-long battle with lymphoma. 59-year-old man passed away after years of battling terminal illness. Medicine couldn't save him. 50, a 62-year-old man, a... Kentucky Fried Chicken manager passed away. 65-year-old man, a Hilton Garden Inn employee passed away in the hospital. Cause of death not given. A 67-year-old woman, a cocktail waitress passed away. 69-year-old woman who served in the U.S. Navy passed away suddenly after a short illness. 73-year-old man, an attorney passed away after a 16-month battle with post-traumatic stress disorder. That's a new one. I never heard that before. 77-year-old man who worked in an accounting firm passed away after a short illness. Could have been cancer. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long. And finally, we have a 78-year-old man, a U.S. Marine and United States Air Force veteran. He passed away from cancer. It would be nice if we could tell you what type of cancer people are passing away from, but it's often not mentioned as if cancer is all the same. When they report it in countries like great britain they break it down to the different types of cancer which is why they say that dementia is the number one cause of death there and the cancer is number two and that heart disease is number three but that's only if you break the cancers down if you add the cancers up and suddenly you're not looking at just breast cancer lung cancer prostate cancer lymphomas and leukemias, you're looking at cancer as a whole, then cancer actually is the number one cause of death in Great Britain. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about international or international notables who died just this last week from diseases they shouldn't have had. Too young to die, I should say. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We'll be right back after the break.
2: Targeting cancer cells with DMSO reduces the need for full-dose chemotherapy by up to 90% because DMSO targets cancer cells, not healthy cells. Research demonstrates that DMSO, also known as dimethyl sulfoxide, has an affinity for cancer cells, which also allows DMSO to enter them even when DMSO is carrying chemo drugs. Could low-dose chemo with DMSO be the answer you've been searching for? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702 702- 502 562-1454. When low dose chemo is combined with DMSO or insulin, it's called potentiation therapy. This is because the cancer killing power they create together is much greater than when they're administered separately. Are you a cancer patient who wants more than disease management? Could low dose chemo help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Call Dr. Dan Royal at 702 562 1454 to see if you qualify for low dose chemo. That's 702 562 1454. This is
3: Clarence Collins, producer of Keith Gallagher Jr.'s Music and a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tune in every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. to hear Keith's music on the Music Path show.
1: Ready for a live game of Clue? For nearly 30 years, Funtime Theater has held private and monthly dinner murder mysteries. Each night is different, and each event includes dinner and a show. You're the detective, and your job is to figure out who did what to who and why. At the end of the night, a super sleuth and not-so-super sleuth are awarded prizes. This is a great event for a birthday or holiday party and team-building events for your office. Visit FuntimeTheater.com to make your reservations.
4: And use promo code RADIO for $5 off each admission.
2: Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org.
1: If you see activity that seems suspicious, threatening, or criminal in nature, please speak up and say something. Anonymously report suspicious activity online at keepnevadasafe.org. Sponsored by a grant from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and Nevada Department of Public Safety. Learn more at keepnevadasafe.org.
2: This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967.
0: Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show.
1: We're back to the show. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you, my friends, are listening to The Royal Treatment. And before the break, we were talking about obituaries, people who die too young from diseases they shouldn't have had, at least in our opinion. Because you can live a long, healthy, productive life. But in order to do that, you're going to have to invest in your health every single day. And you also have to be detoxing every day to get the maximum benefit of having that good quality of life that we all have to invest in every day because we're exposed to environmental pollutants. They're in the air, they're in the water. They are in our food. We can't seem to escape them. I had a patient ask me about this very question the other day, and one of the things I told her was that every time we test a patient for heavy metal toxicities, we find that virtually 100% of the time they have elevated levels of lead and cadmium. Now, they may have some other elevated environmental toxins, such as mercury and radioactive agents, but those two are elevated almost 100% of the time. Why? Well, that's because when you live in the city, you are breathing automobile exhaust. Whether you see it, whether you smell it or not, it is there. It's called pollution, and we can't get away from it. It is affecting us. It is being deposited in our bodies, and there are things you can do to eliminate it, but you have to be tested in a way that can actually diagnose us. Diagnose the levels of your heavy metal toxins. This is not something that's done through conventional medicine. It requires an IV with a chelating agent to flush out heavy metal toxins and then a urine collection to measure what's coming out. It's actually a treatment as well as a test all in one, but it is not something conventional medicine does. They simply don't pay attention to how toxic you are. But through alternative medicine, through Practitioners such as myself, who are using alternative means for diagnosing and treating their patients, we can provide you those answers. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about international celebrity notables who died last week. Abad Hadis, Ethiopian Olympic long-distance runner, died at 22 years of age from a complicated illness. Diego Ferias. American metal guitarist, died at 27 years of age, one week after leaving his band, Cause Unknown. Li Windleyang, Chinese ophthalmologist and whistleblower for the coronavirus. He died at 33 years of age from failure to treat the coronavirus, although there are treatments for viruses in general, and we're going to be talking about that later in the program today. Andre Nellis, Brazilian equatorial soccer player for the guinean national team died at 42 years of age from a heart attack he was 42 and he was a professional soccer player idar akaryev kerchev politician president of its national olympic committee died at 43 years of age from cardiac arrest asiwaju Mafe, nigerian politician died at 46 years of age after celebrating his birthday and complaining of chest pain Emma Joliffe, New Zealand journalist and television presenter, died at 48 years of age from cancer, breast cancer, that is. Angel Echeverria, American Major League Baseball player, died at 48 years of age after a fall while he was sick with the stomach virus. Makes you weak, makes you dizzy, and then you fall. Keelan Stanley, Irish journalist and Newcaster, or newscaster died at 51 years of age after dealing with breast cancer for some time. Fernando Suarez, Filipino Roman Catholic priest, died at 52 years of age from a heart attack. Francois André, French politician and deputy in the National Assembly, died at 52 years of age from lung cancer. Vladimir Inosetme, Vladimir Inosetme, that's difficult to say, Ukrainian triple jumper, died at 55 years of age. Ruben Selman, Chilean soccer referee, died at 56 years of age from a heart attack. Asia Branca, Brazilian rodeo commentator, died at 57 years of age from jaw cancer. Couldn't have been a hidden infection. Jean Velasquez, Colombian cartel assassin, died at 57 years of age from stomach cancer while he was in prison. The food must not be good there. Claudio Bonadio, Argentine federal judge, died at sixty four years of age from a brain tumor. Jane Milmore, American playwright, television writer, and producer died at sixty four years of age from pancreatic cancer. FX Feeney, American songwriter, screenwriter, film director, film critic, died at sixty six years of age after suffering multiple strokes. Frank Plummer, Canadian microbiologist died at sixty seven years of age from sudden death syndrome. Carlos Borisio, Argentine soccer player, died at 69 years of age from lung cancer. Abdel Mubarak, Sudanese singer, died at 69 years of age in the hospital from diabetes and pneumonia. Nguyen Van Chu, Vietnamese martial artist and chief justice, died at 70 years of age at home. Danesian Movaungao, Gabonese doctor, died at 72 years of age from grief of losing his brother to death. That's a new one as well. Peter Rogers, British businessman and CEO for Babcock International, died at 72 years of age. Jose Cuerda, Spanish film director, producer and screenwriter, died at 72 years of age from stroke. Buddy Cage, American pedal steel guitarist, died at 73 years of age from multiple myeloma. That's a cancer of the bone marrow. Ola Magnell, Swedish musician, died at 74 years of age from heart failure. Ignatius Longjan, a Nigerian politician and senator, died at 75 years of age in Turkish hospital. His death was said to be health-related. Diana Laspeñas, Spanish teacher and activist, wife of Barcelona mayor, died at 76 years of age suddenly. Miss Shafali, Indian actress, died at 76 years of age from kidney disease. Joseph Shabala, South African musician, died at 78 years of age in the hospital after a long illness. And finally, Mohammed Shafiq. Pakistani politician died suddenly from cardiac arrest. Well, that's the obituaries. People who died last week too young from diseases that they shouldn't have had. And now we want to talk about some drugs that you should consider getting rid of, or your physician should consider de-prescribing. Remember, all drugs have side effects. Check them out you can see what the warnings and precautions are for these drugs. Some of them are over the counter, not even prescribed by a physician. Recently, someone died of the flu, and the press vilified the parents because they didn't put the child on Tamiflu. Not sure what the child really actually died of because he ultimately was in the hospital. But here are some of the side effects associated with Tamiflu. This is an over-the-counter medication that is used for the flu. It says you can have such things as anaphylaxis. That's a life-threatening allergic reaction to the medication. You can have serious skin reactions, including toxic epidermal necrolysis. That's a sloughing of your skin. Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which is a a serious autoimmune reaction and erythema multiforme. These have all been reported in post-marketing experience with Tamiflu. What that means is these are things we learned after it had been tested and approved and introduced into the marketplace. Here's some other things that might occur from taking Tamiflu. There have been post-marketing reports of delirium and abnormal behavior leading to injury, and in some cases resulting in fatal outcomes in patients with the flu who were receiving Tamiflu. Imagine that. Taking the Tamiflu to treat the flu resulted in death. We didn't know this until after it was introduced into the marketplace. What are some of the other symptoms you might have from taking Tamiflu? Well, here's a list. Swelling in the face or tongue. We already mentioned anaphylactic or life-threatening allergic reactions. Hypothermia or low body temperature. Hives, eczema, and gastrointestinal bleeding. Heart arrhythmia, hepatitis, that's an odd one, seizure, you don't want that, aggravation of your diabetes if your blood sugar is elevated, and psychiatric symptoms such as abnormal behavior, delirium, hallucinations, agitation, anxiety, altered level of consciousness, confusion, nightmares, and delusions, that's all side effects, post-marketing experience, side effects from taking Tamiflu for the treatment of the flu. Now, as you've talked about before, there are natural things that you can do for the flu. They are very effective. You merely have to take a homeopathic remedy. There are different types of homeopathic medicines, but they're all designed to neutralize the symptoms of the flu. You can take them even as a preventive. Maybe you take them once a week. And if you get the flu, you take them every hour or 2 hours until you feel better. In fact, I had a patient in my office yesterday We treated him for the flu last Friday. And over the weekend, as a result of the treatment, she completely recovered. What did we do for her? Well, we gave her homeopathic flu medicine in the office and had her follow up with one at home. But we also gave her an iso injection, where we give the patient something via IV push, which includes hydrochloric acid. We'll talk about that later in the program today. And oftentimes, a homeopathic medicine, we mix that with a little bit of their blood and also inject it in the contralateral. Aspect of their hip, an IM injection. It works very well for taking the virus out of the blood, making it homeopathic and reintroducing it in such a way that your immune system can now recognize it and eliminate it. But even if you're not doing ISO injection, the homeopathic medicines work very well and can be used anywhere all around the room, all around the world, and very simply and very safely. When we come back, we'll talk about these drugs that you should consider eliminating or your physician should consider. Prescribing. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us.
2: After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No. Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? Body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702 562 1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702 562 1454. Don't wait, call today. That number again is 702 562 1454.
3: So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished, it's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The US Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition and free markets are bad, we're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets.
2: Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries.
3: In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left
0: alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com.
2: Brought to you by the American Media Council.
3: Rich Please, is you. just a oh, really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. Everything. makes good people look bad visit stoptextstoprex.org a public service announcement brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council
2: this is america matters media on am 1180 kckq a lotus broadcast station the power of radio since 1967
0: Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on
1: the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and thank you for sticking with us. We are now entering the second half of our program. You're listening to The Royal Treatment with Dr. Dan Royal. We're here every week to answer your questions. And if you would like to email me your question, you can send it to Royal at royalmedicalclinic.com. D and Daniel, Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at Clinic, all one word, dot .com, or call us here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. 702-562-1454. That's the THB clinic here in Las Vegas, 702-562-1454. Well, as promised, we're gonna talk about some drugs that you should consider eliminating. And there are five of them. These are the most common drugs that should be considered deprescribing. Let's start with the proton pump inhibitors. Proton pump inhibitors, or PPIs, are widely prescribed, rarely deprescribed, and commonly purchased over the counter. They're frequently used without medical indication and for much longer than needed. I remember years ago, a patient came to me and wanted to know what was wrong with her. Well, turns out she had been taking this medicine, this proton pump inhibitor, for uh, years when they're indicated only for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months at most if you have an ulcer, and she was now experiencing side effects of her medication. Do typical doctors even consider side effects of medication they're prescribing? Probably not, or they wouldn't be prescribing medicines upon medicines to the point where a patient has 10 or 12 different medicines, and now... We have no idea what's going on because the interactions are out of control. But through PPIs, or though they have been traditionally considered safe, and since leaked, they have since been leaked to serious adverse events, including cardiovascular disease, pneumonia, osteoporotic fractures, Clostridium difficile infections. That's a pathogenic bacteria in your gut when your microbiota has been disrupted. Acute kidney injury, chronic kidney disease, dementia, upper gastrointestinal cancer, and even death. That's all from proton pump inhibitors that are used to treat patient symptoms of reflux esophagitis, heartburn. Remember, they're only indicated for short-term use, and there are natural means that can be used to treat those symptoms. You can use something such as trisalts, That's a base powder that comes with minerals, magnesium, potassium, calcium, in addition to sodium. But it's a pharmaceutical-grade product. What it does when you take this product is it closes the valves in your stomach, the valve leading to and the valve exiting from, the stomach, and it allows it to recycle. It's like resetting the computer. You recycle your stomach for about 30 minutes, and if there's anything there, it has a chance to be redigested and eliminated from the stomach. That's one means of naturally treating your indigestion, heartburn, or reflux, esophagitis. The other thing that can be used separately or in conjunction with your tri-salts is... Upset stomach, or a homeopathic combination of Nux Vomica and Carbo Veg, it works very well for all the symptoms I just mentioned, as well as bloating and gas. And you could take those products with you anywhere in the world, and they're completely safe without side effects. The difference is the trisol salt you swallow, and the upset stomach is something that you put under your tongue. It gets absorbed or absorbed, I should say, as a homeopathic medicine under your tongue and into your immune system and affecting your autonomic nervous system, which is something we hope to be talking about today with the discussion of heart rate variability. Drug number two, statins. Statins are among the most commonly prescribed drugs with more than 35 million Americans taking them. An estimated two-thirds of these patients take statins for primary prevention of cardiovascular disease. But Last year, the authors of an analysis of systemic reviews investigated the relationship between taking statins and the future risk of cardiovascular disease. They concluded that there was limited evidence on the effectiveness of using statins for the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease. Now, this is the first medicine I take my patients off of there's no need to wean them off of this drug. I've never seen a patient feel better taking the statin, but I have seen them feel worse. What is one of the common side effects of a statin? Well, muscle pain. And so if you are a pain patient, you certainly shouldn't be taking statins because that complicates things. But you're playing with numbers and you're looking at a cholesterol number that may be perfectly normal. The ratio between your cholesterol total cholesterol and your good cholesterol should be 4.5 to 1 or less, but there are other means of lowering cholesterol, natural means, besides taking drugs, such as vitamin B3 or niacin. You can take niacinamide if you don't want the flush, but one of the things you should probably check in your blood, not just your lipid levels, but your lipoprotein A. Lipoprotein A is an inherited risk factor that indicates whether you are prone to elevated blood fats, All of which, by the way, are needed for the production of your hormones and are very important for life and therefore should be carefully considered when trying to lower them to play a numbers game with cholesterol. Again, making nobody feel better. There are many reasons why someone might have cardiovascular disease. We mentioned one earlier. That's exposure to heavy metals. These are free radicals that cause damage to your vascular system, and the body then sets a motion process that tries to repair that damage, resulting ultimately in plaque. But the only thing that lowers lipoprotein A is, you got it, vitamin B3. Drug number three that should be deprescribed are, or is, antibiotics. Of the estimated 154 antibiotic prescriptions written each year in the U.S., outpatient settings at least are unnecessary. Now, this is according to the Center for Disease Control. Likewise, 20-50% of antibiotics prescribed in the U.S. acute care hospitals are considered unnecessary or inappropriate. According to the FDA, more than 70% of bacteria responsible for the 2 million infections acquired in the U.S. hospitals each year are resistant to at least one commonly used antibiotic. (laughs) Well, there are other means of treating in infections, but usually when the patient comes to the doctor's office, is it really an infection? Do you need an antibiotic every time you walk into the doctor's office? Most of the time we find it is not a bacterial infection. It is a virus. It is allergies and rarely an infection for which an antibiotic is indicated. But that's all your doctor has. He doesn't know how to treat allergies unless you're going to be taking something such as Benadryl. There are natural products to deal with viruses. We mentioned one early for the flu, homeopathic medications, and there are many out there such as oxalococcinum from boron. There's an excellent product from a company called Orthomolecular called Dehist. It's their number one selling product and is used for allergies. You could say it's a type of antihistamine, but I think it does much more than that. It It neutralizes your response to allergies. In fact, just this last winter, I had an allergic response. I knew it was allergies. You could tell when your mucus is yellow. That is a sign of an allergen. I took the dehist along with some homeopathic medicine and gradually the next week, I completely recovered 100% without an antibiotic. Drug number four, anti-muscarinic drugs for an overactive bladder. This should be considered for deprescribing or elimination. Anti-muscarinic medications for an overactive bladder are not especially effective. They also have a high rate of Adverse effects in terms of efficacy, anti-muscarinic agents restored continence in only about ten percent of patients. What's placebo? You're looking at about thirty-three percent. This is less than placebo effect. Ten percent of patients responded to this prescription drug. This was reported by the researchers in a systematic review published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Anti-muscarinics also have a high risk of adverse effects that limit their tolerability. The most common adverse effects include dry mouth, constipation, blurred vision, somnolence, which means sleepiness, and dizziness. Long-term use of these anti has also been associated with an increased risk of cognitive impairment and mortality in older adults. Let's read through the lines. That means dementia and death. Get rid of them. Drug number five, benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines and sleep drugs, such as Ambien, Lunestin, Sonata are sedative hypnotics, commonly prescribed to treat anxiety, mood disorders, depression, and, of course, insomnia, as well as seizures. In fact, over 5% of U.S. adults are on benzodiazepines, but a more recent calculation places the use now at over 12%. And benzodiazepine use is growing, with prescription rates nearly doubling between the years 2003 and 2015, a pattern similar to that of opioids. Misuse of benzodiazepines is common with about 5.3 million Americans taking benzodiazepines in a way that is not prescribed by their physicians. You know people who do that? I certainly do. I see them every day, although they're not usually my patients. Sadly, overdoses and death associated with benzodiazepines are also common with the number of benzodiazepine related deaths increasing from, well, 100. 35 in 1999 to 11,500 in 2017. Indeed, nearly one-third or 31% of all fatal drug overdoses in 2013 involved benzodiazepines. And worse, benzodiazepine misuse is strongly associated with misuse and abuse of prescription opioids as one-third of opioid-related overdoses and one-fifth of opioid-related deaths also involved benzodiazepines. Diazepines. Now, there are natural things you can take to deal with anxiety and sleep. There's some excellent products produced by a company called Neuroscience that makes some neurotransmitter type supplements that can be used for anxiety and for sleep. They work very well. Of course, there's homeopathic medicines for all of these things as well. And I love homeopathics because they can be used safely in infants adults. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. Stay with us.
2: Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702 562 one four five four IPT uses low dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer killing ability. Could IPT with low dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702 562 1454 to see a few quality qualify. Qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454.
4: brought to you by the dollar general literacy foundation and the ad council
1: this is oliver x join me and the superstar
2: janez carter weekday mornings from 8 to 9 on the reno Talk tonight show on america matters
1: media
0: to join the conversation call 844-790-TALK that's 844-790-8255 now back to the show
1: We are back to the show, my friends, and thank you for sticking with us. You are listening to The Royal Treatment with Dr. Dan Roy here in Las Vegas at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. Turtle Healing Band Clinic, and we are sponsored by the Crow Tribe of Indians. By the jurisdiction of the Crow Nation for the practice of indigenous medicine. If you're looking for medical alternatives, we have them. And there are other providers here besides myself. Check us out. Go to the website www.turtlehealingmanclinic.com Or call us here at the Turtle Healing Man Clinic at 702-562-1454 702-562-1454 Well, we are now going to talk about some things that may take some time. So let's see if we can get through them fairly quickly. First, I mentioned we want to go through a homeopathic case. This is a homeopathic case study of a man who had high blood fats or hyperlipidemia. We just talked about that and how we should be eliminating statin drugs from our from our prescription regimen if you are taking them. Again, the first thing I take people off because nobody feels good and they often feel worse and there are many ways to control it if you have high blood fats, besides drugs. So let's take a look at this. Hyperlipidemia is an epidemic in the United States and is increasing on the global scale, according to the World Health Organization. Five years ago, it was estimated that well over a third of the population had low-density lipoprotein cholesterol levels that would create excellent candidates for statin drugs, although we've mentioned that they really don't prevent cardiovascular disease. And more than 55% of these cases are now taking statin drugs because what? Do doctors have to prescribe for your high blood fats statin drugs? They don't prescribe anything natural. They're very limited in what they can do for you. Please keep that in mind. They're never going to offer you natural hormones, supplements, homeopathics, or anything else other than drugs. So if you want to be healthy, you're going to have to take matters into your own hands. That's why we emphasize health optimization with our patients and in our practice. While statin drugs help in managing hyperlipidemia, they are not a permanent solution. Hyperlipidemia may be prevented and managed in the initial stages through diet correction, changes on lifestyle. But you can't really charge for that. And once the patients start taking statin drugs, they have to take them every day, and it's not normally reduced or stopped. As you earlier mentioned, these are one of the five drugs that should be considered for D prescription here is a case of a 74-year-old American male who came to a classical homeopath and was gradually able to reduce the doses of his statin drugs and his cholesterol stabilized as well. Now, this 74-year-old man came for his homeopathic consultation with type 2 diabetes, hyperlipidemia, glaucoma, and basal cell carcinoma. At the initial consultation, retrieving information regarding the case outside of lab and diagnostic reports. Diagnosis was difficult to extract from the patient who was new to homeopathy. It was clear that he was a gentleman who was very fastidious, especially with matters of finance, proper, and practiced good ethics and honorable morals. He arrived at the appointment with an Excel sheet of all his medicines and lab comparisons. This is someone who is a type A personality, a perfectionist. He had chronic red eyes, a desire for fat, aggravation from cold, desire for warm drinks, chronic runny nose, and some alterations all over skin that refused to heal. These the kind of things that the homeopath takes into consideration and your doctor ignores. When questioned about his character, his wife replied he is always right. His life seemed to revolve around providing security for his family, concern to stabilize declining health issues, and he was never without his wife by his side. He recently had two areas with basal cell carcinoma previously removed, and two more areas were to be removed during the first month of his homeopathic treatment. The patient had a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes and a family history of diabetes as well. The patient was taking... Atorvastin, 40 milligrams orally, daily, for hyperlipidemia. Laboratory report prior to initial consultation showed high blood sugar and high lipid profile. He was prescribed arsenicum album 1M. Now, arsenicum album is homeopathic arsenic, but it also is a type of constitutional type of personality. This is prescribed for people who are perfectionists, who are fastidious. And that described this man, as we mentioned earlier. Now, he went through a series of follow-up exams and testing over the course of 15 months and seven consultations. This man's health significantly improved, and conventional drugs were reduced considerably. Although, in my opinion, the statin drug could have been reduced from the first visit, and lipids could have been treated without it, with other means, maybe perhaps with the homeopathic only. (laughs) Anyway... Long and short of it is, in this very simple case, it's not one of a kind. Quite the contrary. Statin drugs are not safe. They do have side effects, as do all drugs, and the long-term side effects of these drugs are potentially life-threatening. Think about that. Homeopathy offers a safe alternative to lowering cholesterol and eliminating dangerous medications. Here, it's important to note that only an individual homeopathic remedy can bring about deeper changes in prescribing on superficial information which drugs cannot do, well, when you go to the homeopath, he's considering not just your physical symptoms, not just your lab results. He's looking at your psychological and emotional profile because when you're prescribing constitutional personality remedy, guess what? A homeopathic medicine can affect you on all levels, psychological, emotional, mental, and physical. Well, I wanted to mention something that we're bringing back in our clinic and that is heart rate variability testing. I mentioned earlier in the program it is the only means by which one can assess whether or not he or she is at risk for sudden death syndrome. Now, the new software has an interesting twist. You can also evaluate a patient for their heart rate variability over a 24-hour period. This is something new that we will be doing for our patients. But the nice thing about this test, it's very simple, very safe, can be done within about five minutes with the Bluetooth hooked up to the software in your computer, and you get the information you need. What is that information? Well, it's a balance in your autonomic nervous system. Let's take a look at uh, one of the handouts we have for our patients that goes through a description of heart rate variability. Before the development of computers, it was assumed that the heartbeat was one of our physical functions influenced by the respiratory system, which, in turn, was thought to be the underlying factor between normal sinus arrhythmia. However, since heart rate variability became the focus of new research in the 1980s, we now know that variability in the peaks of the QRS complexes of the heart rhythm reflects a more complex behavior. For this reason, heart rate variability, or known as HRV for short, which has long been known as the best predictor of sudden death, was approved for clinical use by the International HIV Task Force in January of 1997. Essentially, HRV testing is a non-invasive way of evaluating variability in the heart rhythm. Changes in short long-term variability of the heart rhythm provide vital information about the current status of an individual's autonomic nervous system functioning. This is the stabilizing mechanism of the human organism. In fact, it is your autonomic nervous system, or ANS for short, which maintains balance and control of approximately 87% of your bodily functions. The ANS is like your body's automatic pilot which keeps you alive without conscious effort on your part. Within the ANS, there are two divisions known as the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. A very high correlation has been found between the high and low frequency spectral peaks generated from HRV testing and the tone of the parasympathetic nervous system and sympathetic nervous system, respectively. These two divisions in the ANS act in opposition to each other with the sympathetic expending energy of the body and the parasympathetic conserving energy of the body. So, for example, if you are all sympathetic and have no parasympathetic, guess what? You're at risk for sudden death syndrome. You need to increase that parasympathetic tone, which can be done by having more relaxation into your life, reducing stress. As examples, perhaps it is easiest to think of your body as a car. The sympathetic nervous system as the accelerator and the parasympathetic nervous system as your brakes. As you travel down the road, you always have one foot on the accelerator and one foot on the brakes. Now, too much gas or brakes can be detrimental. Hence, these two systems must be in dynamic balance for the car to move safely and smoothly forward. The same is true of our health. The sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems must control our non-conscious automatic bodily functions, such as breathing, digestion, heart rate, hormones, and so forth must be in dynamic balance appropriate for the individual in order for the human organism to function properly. Otherwise, optimum health cannot be obtained or maintained. Variations in the heart rate have proven to be a valuable tool in medicine for investigating the sympathetic and parasympathetic functions of the autonomic nervous system. And based on heart rate variability information, the physician can prescribe and follow an appropriate medical treatment for the ANS. Hence, HIV testing provides objective information, which in turn enables the physician to choose the most effective therapeutic regimen for each patient as well as monitor his or her response to treatment. Now, if you have a patient and you are treating them, this is a means by which you can evaluate as to whether or not the patient is improving. If your patient is improving, their autonomic nervous system balance should be increasing with parasympathetic tone. They should be looking healthier. And, of course, the software gives you some scores as to where that patient falls. But it's possible you could be prescribing medications and making the patient worse. This would be an indication that perhaps the physician needs to change his course of therapy. On the other hand, you could be prescribing the patient something natural. Could be supplements, could be vitamins, could be biomedical hormones, and they could be getting better. We don't know until we test, but the HIV or heart rate variability, provides us objective means of assessing the effectiveness of what we're prescribing for our patient and their response to that treatment. Now, we wanted to talk today about some things you can do to prevent or treat the flu. These are medical treatments, which we will talk about in more detail next week. You already know that you can take homeopathic flu medicine. You can take it as a preventive, weekly, and you can take it every hour, two hours if you get the flu. That's the beauty of homeopathic medicine that can be used for both prevention and treatment. I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment today, and I thank you, my friends, for being with us. Hopefully, you have, in fact, learned one new thing by being with us today. If so, your time with us has been well spent. We'll be back again next week for another episode of The Royal Treatment, but until then, may you all be well.